Hello and welcome to We Welcome Your Teams, a podcast about one of the most unique jobs in sport, football stadium announcers. He said, although Billy was proposing to the love of his life through his Julie, Billy's wife has been on to me this morning and isn't very happy. I'm dying to be immortalised in FIFA. He was like, read his name out then as if he's coming on as a substitute. Oh yeah, it is you. So I've gone absolutely massive for this announcement. And then to see it get chalked off by VAR. And the police said, stop this now. The roof of the North Bank was swaying. He said, it's not just getting beat, but they played Captain Bloody Pugwash as well. (laughs) Yes, this is the podcast uh, about those people who are the voice you hear on stadium PA systems at football grounds up and down the country. My name's Rich Hurst. I'm the announcer at West Bromwich Albion, and I've been chatting to my counterparts up and down the leagues about why we love the job we get to do every single match day. It's a privileged position full of insight into what goes on behind the scenes. And the more I delve, the more I meet similar people who live for that buzz when we introduce the teams just before kickoff. But also, people who've had some crazy experiences that only come with being involved in the national institution that is a British football match day. So, we're sticking on our lanyards and our big bench coats, grabbing our clipboards and checking the mic is turned on and up very loud for another edition of We Welcome Your Teams. So today to the podcast, we welcome somebody um, who kind of has has a really important job as far as this podcast goes, because um, the, this club was the place I first had to go on the announcer's mic. So it's it's quite special to go back to the club where I, I first sat down and read out some team news. It's Portsmouth. And joining us as the announcer from that, from the wonderful ground that is Fratton Park is Dave Trumper. Hello, Dave. Hi, Rich. Hi, Alan. How are you both doing? Hey Dave, great to have you on board, mate. Lovely to Thank speak you, to you at long last. Thank you. Good to see you, mate. Looking forward to your stories today. And yes, the voice of Old Trafford, Alan Keegan, is here. Who only who only recently uh, was part of a, was part of something we all hate as announcers, delivering bad news to the fans. <laughs> and by by I this, I mean a certain announcement. Al, do you just want to take us to the game and and uh, the fact that you had to tell the fans no food or drink? Yeah, well, uh, this happened last week and obviously um, it wasn't the best game in the world to begin with. And then um, just to put a real dampener on it, at half-time, um, Woody, who's the girl who does all the safety announcements at Old Trafford, has worked with me from the very beginning. Um, she had the pleasure of announcing that unfortunately, and it was sort of went through all the speakers, it was heard on telly, that unfortunately at half-time there will be no food or drinks served from the kiosks on the concourse. Oh, mayhem at Old Trafford. Absolute you mayhem. You don't so, You know, it wasn't good. And uh, unfortunately, yeah. you know, um, there was no food or serve, uh, no food or drink served on the night. So you just, you just anybody at half time who wanted a sausage roll, they, they had to do it out. You have some stuff come through. You just don't want to be the bearer of bad news, do you? You just don't want to no, be that no. voice that delivers it. I remember Alex at City had to tell the, the City fans on a weeknight Champions League game there were no buses back to the city centre. And oh, the reaction, <laughs> the reaction. Dave, Dave, any, any, anything you've you've feared reading out to the Fratton Park faithful? 
Do you know what? Actually, nothing really comes to mind. I'm sure there must have been something down the years, but... It's, it's these, no. odd, these odd safety, these odd things that are out of our control, you know. They're nothing to do yeah. with the, the actual game, but we are. We have to be the ones who let the fans know on the night. Ugh. They're, they're not nice. They're not nice. Well, I suppose that's probably the only thing you could say is when you, when you say some things to the fans and they just ignore you. So, like, <laughs> you know, when, when Portsmouth won the league... Don't go on the pitch. You know, you, you say it several times. You say it several. You can say it as long as you like, as many yeah. times as you like. It's it's not going to happen, is it? Yeah, yeah. And, and pitch invasions are a nightmare because you feel like they, they say, you know, you need to announce before full time. Please don't go on the pitch. And you think, well, if they weren't yeah. thinking about it before, they'd blooming on it. We've literally just said, everybody, help yourselves. But no, we won't say that. So, Dave, how long have you been at Fratton Park then? So it's been, well, it's nearly nine years now. So I guess we can take a year out where I wasn't there. Like none of us were at our <laughs> respective class probably. But um, yeah, n- nearly nine years, nearly nine years. So yeah, I'm as surprised as anyone, really. <laughs> um, and, and how did you end up in, in the hot seat there? Well, it, like many, because I've listened to a few of your podcasts before and it seems like a lot of people get there the same way. It's, there's, the, there's that radio background that everyone seems to have um, going, you know, before they become a stadium announcer. And I'm no, I'm no different. So I've worked at a few uh, radio stations in the South Coast, uh, so Ocean FM and 2CR FM and a few others like that. And um, that, that was my grounding. And then the guy who did it before me, he, um, he was off and he recommended me for the job and started initially as one match and then a three month trial yeah and then and then here we are nine years on that there was no evaluation at three months we just kept going just kept going (laughs) but we knew we were the season was over and we're planning for the next one so yeah really really good What, what what do you remember thinking when you first got that call to say how do you fancy coming and doing it was it something you'd thought of was it something you fancy was it something you never dreamt of absolutely had no thought about it because you don't really think it's a job that's available you know it's, you see jobs about and sometimes there are jobs that you, you you might fancy you know through radio for example but this one there's someone in post there's no job to have is there um and, and it never even occurred to me that this would be a sort of thing that i would even be any good at because you know i'm as a radio presenter, I was in my box and on your own, kind of that solitary life in a way. And then all of a sudden, you're there talking to fifteen thousand real people. And no, I never, I never thought, I never thought about it. But once I got the call and saying, "Do you want to do it?" I absolutely thought, "Wow, yeah," because I'm a huge football fan. And to do something like that is it's a that was a dream. And my first, my first game, so the first game was a friendly match against Rayo, Rayo Vallecano. Uh, this was just after Portsmouth got relegated to League Two. So my, my first season at Pompey was their first League Two season. So they'd, you know, they'd been on quite the downfall with a few relegations in a few years. Um, but it was also the first time that they were fan-owned. So I was actually there for the last game of the previous season as a punter, just watching the game. And that was the first game where they had been announced as a fan-owned club. And the atmosphere that day, even though they were just about to be relegated, everyone knew it, was absolutely brilliant. It just brought everybody together. There was a big spanking win, sent everyone away happy. And then, yeah, 
the start of the next season uh, in League Two. And yeah, just <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, thinking back to it now, it seems like yesterday, <laughs> nine years ago. What, what, were the, what, what did the team sheets look like for uh, Pompey against Rayo Vallecano? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, what have I done? <laughs> because in a friendly game with unlimited substitutes and lots of unpronounceable Spanish names, I thought, blimey, this is this is a tall order. I mean, at one point there must have been four or five players, four or five substitutions in one moment. So that's ten players' names to announce. And but it, it went really well, and I got the and it wasn't. I don't know. It was just it was just such a buzz, yeah. and then that was the last preseason friendly. So the next game a week later was the first game of League Two, and uh, obviously lots more people in that day. So the first one with the friendly, it was a bit. It felt almost like a like a free hit because I didn't know that I was going to be there for a very long time. Yeah. I just assumed I'd be there for a little bit. Um, so I treated it as a free hit, but then came back for the next League Two game and yeah, yeah carried there on. You go. Love that. So, um, and what, um, what, yeah, your view. I'm, I'm interested in your view of the game because when I, the, the, the limited one or two seasons I did it, I had to mm. sit in a, in a little concrete box underneath one of the floodlights in the corners. Um, and there was quite a few people in there at the time. You had the guys who operated the, uh, the vid screens around the edge of the pitch, had two or three security guys in there as well, a couple other people, and me trying to squeeze in sort of my CD player. Making sure I played. <laughs> making sure I played. Uh, at the time, it was Pirates of the Caribbean that they walked out to. It's probably right. changed since then. And and timing all that right and playing all the tunes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. What's your uh, where 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 do you sit for the for the games? So we were in that box. We were in that same box as you for the first seven or eight years that I was there. So that place where you sat, we continued to sit, but we didn't have everyone else in there. We didn't okay. have all those people that you're talking about. We just had. Um, me uh, and a couple of guys doing the big screen. Did they ever get a radio, a little mini heater in there? We got a little heater, had a little kettle. Oh, you had a kettle. We, had, we, had a, we even had for a while, um, we had a telly where we could have like Soccer Saturday on. So we could have, you know, all the scores going on in the background. But oh. um, yeah, that didn't last too long. <laughs> this, is, this is so odd because when I did it, Pompey were in, Pompey were in the Premier League. They just yeah, won the FA Cup. We, we, they played AC Milan and we had no kettle. And now, and, you know, there you are, League One, League Two, kettles, teddies. But we've, we've moved now, so we're now in the other corner. So, okay. Uh, we're now in the same end, in the in the away end, but, well, kind of in the away end, but in the corner between the away end and you know, the stand. Um, but we're above the, the, uh, the control room, so we've got a really high up view. Uh, and the thing you might have remembered about that previous box was because you were level with you know, the dugouts, you couldn't even see the boards go up and you couldn't see, you know, you'd be lucky if, the, if they swung the board in your direction, but otherwise yeah. you wouldn't see that anything. But now we can see everything. And so it's, uh, it's a great view. Was it a case of just sort of guessing as best you can on subs and stuff like that then? So we have someone uh, on the touchline all, all match. So he's uh, in contact with the referee's assistant the whole time. Okay. So usually we have a preview of the, of the substitution before it happens. Nice. Um, Good, and then when the board goes up, we're just kind of just confirming what we think we already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, so 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 that sounds like a decent spot you're sat in now. Then, mm, yeah, it's really good, really, really good. 
So, so in those in those times, and let's get back to, to sort of some of your best times as a, as an announcer. Then, what would you say? I mean, where where would you pinpoint the the best time you've been the announcer, the most emotional time maybe you've been the announcer for the, for a game there? I mean, I think it has to be the season Portsmouth won the league. I mean, uh, league league two that is. Um, so I got there in twenty what twenty thirteen, I guess, uh, and it took three seasons for them to get out of the league two. But th- that year. It was just it was just a coming together of a, of a brilliant squad for League Two. I mean, such great players. People like uh, Connor Chaplin and uh, Michael Doyle and David Ford and Evans and Burgess and these these are this was a top quality League Two squad. Um, but they only topped the division for the first time on the last day of the season. So all the season they'd be going up and up and up and up and up, and they. They topped the league division for the first time on that last day. Uh, and going into the last match of the season, we knew that Pompey had been promoted, but then it was a case of, can they win the league? And they needed a couple of results to go their way for that to happen. And it was touch and go right up to the final whistle. And we had people around us. So again, where the old box was, it was quite in the fans. And we had people around us asking, What's going on? What's going on? And you know, I don't, they weren't checking their phone. They were choosing instead to turn around, look at us, and say, "What's going on? How is it all looking?" And we just put a, a thumb up or a thumb down. Or and at that moment, so there was it was a, it was a big result. Pompey won it six one. So they 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 did their part of the deal, um, and they were just waiting for the other results to go in. And at the end, when everyone. The one at final whistle blew, but you're waiting for final whistles to blow elsewhere as well to absolutely confirm it. And then when those final whistles blow and you confirm it and you go on the mic and you say, the final whistles have blown across League Two and Pompey are League Two champions. And that was an absolutely brilliant moment. And you're you're playing We Are The Champions and all that stuff and the fans are on the pitch. And it was just, it was... It was probably one of the best days of my working life. I will never experience drama. I was I was exhausted. Yeah. You know what it's like. Yeah. You know when when you when you really get invested in something. And I was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the yeah. players and the fans were like. Yeah. And then uh, so that went on for a I went on for a you know a good hour probably in the stadium after full time. Mm-hmm. Um, the players had to get off the pitch quite quickly because the fans had all come onto the pitch. So the players had to get up, but they came back out, they came back out later, but they did it from the director's box. So they were oh, okay. kind of, <laughs> so they still got to kind of see the fans again. Yeah. Um, and then the next day we get, went and did a, um, an event down on the seafront with all the players and yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. So that, that, yeah, that answers your question. That was, that was probably the best, the best moment of, of the nine years. To be, to be able to take the mic for that as well, I suppose. And on the build-up to that, I suppose, are you, are you going, you know, at what point are you thinking, right, if, if this happens, we'll play this tune, or if this happens, we've got this tune. You've got all of those things that you're thinking about. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. So you're thinking the old classics, we are the champions and things like that. But but we already know that Pompey had been promoted. So whatever happened, it was going to be a, a, a great moment for everybody. Um, and, and it would have been celebratory songs. But champions is the next bit isn't it and it, the promotion was the most important thing but how great to win the league 
Yeah, I, have, you know, a trophy to hold. Yeah, I, I, I can't really share too many experiences of that from uh, from West Brom, unfortunately. But luckily, <laughs> luckily, that's what we've got Keegan here for. <laughs> well, you know, what can I say? Been a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, it has been a while, though. It has been a while. Yeah, yeah. Starting but, uh, to treasure it a bit more now. Yeah, yeah, but I've uh, I've had some great memories. I mean, um, you're right, Dave. There's nothing. There's nothing better than when you announce your team as the champions, and mm. you know, for whatever music you've got, you play mm. that "We Are the Champions." The whole mm. stadium gets involved and engaged with it, and it's just a fantastic feeling. And like, you know, not only I mean. I've done it a few times where it's been at an away ground as well, where if we were going to get the trophy, I remember very clearly at Everton um, and also at Wigan, you know, it's just an amazing feeling, you know, to to sort of go on the mic for the PA, for your for your fans. So yeah. I get everything that you're saying there. It's a, it's a moment you treasure, isn't it? Yeah, and, and like you say, Rich, you don't win the league every day, do you? You don't, you, that doesn't happen very often. So... When you get that chance, only one team wins the league every year. <laughs> you know, it's a, it is a special moment, and you have to. You know, it hasn't happened since for us, and and who knows when it will again. But yeah, you have to really make the most of those special moments. You do, yeah. Obviously, <clears throat> the, the one time in the recent history that I've been there, uh, West Brom had anything to celebrate was uh, promotion, which of course happened during lockdown. So, right, yeah, of course. What remember. was that like? Oh, well, uh, well, fantastic for them. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbish for me. Were you, at home. <laughs> were you there at all? Did you? No, do, did... no we didn't. For, for lockdown, we had. Uh, we're a bit like a, a, a Pompey, where there's there's uh, one person up in the gods and one person down on touchline. I've I've always been touchline side, but um, we didn't we didn't. That was all red zone, so couldn't do anything down there. Couldn't have cameramen down there. Couldn't do anything. Yeah. So, I just spent that season from home basically yeah. watching it all happen so matt was there but uh, i had to had to sit out so i'm still waiting for a for a glorious but the best i've had is the equalizer against tottenham at the end of the season just before they almost stayed up but didn't quite didn't uh, that 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 goal i think scrambled over the line by jake livermore every 93rd minute place went crazy and yeah. that was that was immense that's probably one of the best moments so far but it's all right plenty yeah. of time it's all still still potentially to come at this at this stage it will be We'll be celebrating just about getting into the playoffs the way things are going at the minute. <laughs> anyway, um, another question we like to talk thing we like to talk about because none of us like it as you know custodians of what we f- we see as the best job in the game, bar playing, putting on the shirt and playing for the t- for the club. Um, have you ever had to miss a game? Uh, I, I mean, I missed a couple down the line. Um, I, you know, it has to be a pretty good reason. So my sister's wedding was one. <laughs> Um, but we have a great things. We have a great system at Pompey, where because I'm the guy in the in the gods, like you say, um, the, the stadium announcer, and then we have the guy uh, Lloyd who does the um, the touchline stuff. I guess if one of us can't make a match, then the other one just does everything for a day. So yep. it does take the pressure off. You know, if you really can't get to a game, then. It's, it's there is a continuity there because he's been doing it a while as well, and there is yeah everyone knows it's not like you're getting someone in for the day who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, it means too right. There's, yeah. there's someone there who knows the way the match day works at Pompey. It's in good hands. Um, I know what you mean. Were, it's were in you, good hands. Yeah. Were you when when you had the date from uh, your sister for her wedding? Did you did you already know it was going to force you to miss a match? Did you ask her to reschedule? 
I, do you know what? I think for weddings, you're going to have to let them have yeah, it. There's not much you could do, is there? But the, 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 the thing I'd, I'd, I'd always be doing when I, if I ever I've had to miss a match is kind of praying it wasn't a good game secretly. Right. Yeah, you know, I see what you mean. Kind of praying, yeah. you know, you don't miss out being the announcer for a 94th minute winner or something like that, you know. <laughs> I completely agree, yeah. And, and also, if you have missed a game and then you subsequently find out it was a, a stonking game, you're like, Ah, oh, so annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so let, let's let's talk about um, clangers you've dropped. Anything anything you wish oh, yeah. <laughs> hadn't happened? It's always one of our favourite parts. Uh, oh man! So well, I mean, I just don't think it gets any worse than what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> I just do not think it gets any worse. Uh, Luton, uh, Luton in 2015. So December 2015, Luton came to Fratton Park. And Pompey scored a goal. Well, I thought they scored a goal. They'd hit the side netting. Yet I announced a goal. <laughs> no. Because I, I was absolutely convinced. If it, I mean, I didn't wait. Because why would I wait? It was a goal. I saw it go in. Yeah. And, but and it didn't go in. It didn't go in. <laughs> <laughs> But normally when it hits the side netting, at least one corner of the ground thinks it's a goal as well because they see the net ripple. So oh, I guess and, just and, um, So I, I announced the goal and all the players are laughing. I don't know what they're laughing for. <laughs> I was wondering what the reaction was because obviously only 50% of the ground were with you and the, I guess the other 50% were like, what? It was, um, yeah, I was incredibly embarrassed. I, I wanted the, I wanted... The earth to swallow me up. Did you, and, did uh, you correct yourself? Sorry, sorry. Did you correct yourself? I I did. Now that that's a question, isn't it? Because I've heard you talking before about do you correct yourself? Yeah. And, and I think generally the answer is no. Because you know, just they won't remember. Just get, get on with it. Yeah. But I just thought for something so big. <laughs> I better tell everyone it wasn't a goal. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, correction, no goal, which made probably made it worse. <laughs> um, but this was this was so what? This would have been two years in, two years in, and I okay. thought, well, I hadn't been there long enough that I thought, okay, because I'm a lot more chilled about things like that now. I think life goes on; it's not the end of the world. Okay, it's embarrassing, but it's not the end of the world. But back then. I thought it was the end of the world. I thought, bloody hell. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought, blimey. I, I thought, well, is that, is that it? Am I going to lose my job here? Yeah. Um, and then somebody from, um, uh, from, the, from the office, one of the senior people in the office came up uh, to see me at half time. I thought, oh, no, what's this all about? And she basically said, don't worry about it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Because yeah. it was just before half time. So she said, okay, don't worry, second half, crack on, it'll be fine. So, yeah, it was embarrassing. My mates loved it, obviously. But they think it's the best thing. There's a clip on, there's a clip on YouTube yep. of it happening. Um, <laughs> Cue clip? No, I'm only joking. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, yep, it's one of those things, isn't it? And now we can laugh about it, but I wasn't laughing about it at the time. And, and to, to be fair, mate, in nine years, if that's all you've got, that's pretty good going. Yeah, well, and there's there's another one as well where Whoa. you know you, you it's not a clangor as such, but you, you you give the goal to the wrong person. Ah, uh, okay. And um, you know, usually it doesn't really matter, or it doesn't you know make a lot of difference. But 
I suppose it does matter if if some some player is going for a particular milestone and you've just robbed them <laughs> of a goal. Um, yeah, that was a particular. I think there was a, a, a Brett Pittman moment where I gave it to somebody else. But. Yeah, this is interesting. This one, a mate of mine who works down in Portsmouth, messaged me about this when I said you were coming on and saying it yeah. was the end of the season. Brett Pittman was going for twenty-five goals for the season. He scored the first, yeah. and then from what he seems, scored the second. Mm-hmm. But it was given to Jamal Lowe. Mm. So what what happened there? Because from what it seems like. Whether you know Pittman apparently was going absolute was spitting feathers on the pitch to anyone who'd listened to say that was my goal, that was my goal. But it turns out it was. I mean, did you make the call? Did someone else tell you? How did it happen? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember because we we do have a guy on the touchline who kind of yeah tells us what's happened. But possibly, but possibly though, that was me. <laughs> Deciding, I don't know. It's brilliant. I, I really, I really I, I hope it was. I wasn't aware of the milestone, so I wasn't aware. I wasn't even aware he was that cross about it because I couldn't really <laughs> see. Um, I suppose that's one, yeah. of the, one of the one of the benefits in the time of sitting so tucked away as you were. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, this is funny. So the, the message I got said Pittman netted the second goal, except for some reason the press box gave the second goal to Jamal Lowe. The PA announcer also gives it to Lowe and Pittman goes mad on the pitch, shouting randomly at the south stand. That was my goal as the players walked back to the centre circle. He was absolutely fuming, spitting expletives over and over again at the south stand. And to this day, it's been given as Lowe's goal and Soccer Base Online states that Pittman only got 24 goals that season. Wow, that's <laughs> incredible. Because you would think, you would think that... Somewhere that in there. Looked yeah. at and get it right in the end. No. Nope. <laughs> So I'd love to. I'd oh, love sorry. to think. Sorry, Brett. I'd love to think that. Yeah, because you called that, it's now stuck in stone, and that's oh, brilliant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Oh gosh. On that one, Rich. Um, you may have heard this one, Dave, but I, I've been doing some of the uh, women's, um, football and announcing at least Sports Centre for, for United. And it's only quite recent. I'll just tell it very quickly because I have told this before. But I got the wrong goal score at one of their games. But I had, because of COVID and the restrictions, I'm not exactly pitch side, you see. Mm. I'm in what their press box, but it is outside. And it was all a scurry in the box and someone booted it in. And I go on the walkie-talkie to say to my contact, you know, was that number 23, Alicia Russo, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it was. So then I go and announce it. Mm. And I have quite a good rapport with the fans at the, the women's football because it's quite intimate. You know, it's two or three thousand. So, you know, it's, it's very the there next year type of thing. So I announced the goal. Anyway, it then happens that it's the wrong goal scorer I've given it to. But at the same time, it was against Aston Villa ladies and I had to announce the substitution. I've got the fans screaming at me. You've done the wrong goal scorer. Then my contact at the club then says, actually, I'm sorry, Alan. It was whatever number, such a player, you know, um, number seven, Ella Toon. So I then say, correction, the goal scorer was number seven, Ella Toon, mm. to which all the singing section uh, of the United fans start singing at me, you're getting sacked in the morning, you know, so it was absolutely brilliant. But as you say, if that had happened to me in the early days, I'd have been devastated. But, yeah. you know, it was just so funny and you take it in your stride, don't you?
back to our chat with Dave Trumper from Portsmouth very soon. First, let's take a look at some of the latest releases from Shoot Music. Every Friday, they release a brand new stadium chart at sportplaylists.com, which is compiled from downloads by stadium DJs right across the UK. Uh, we always discuss the tunes our announcers play and the ones they use in their 255 moment when the teams come out. Although, let's not go there on gold music, hey? But on each episode of the pod, we're going to review three new releases and judge them by the time we might play them on a match day. So one for early doors when people are starting to come in, one that's really good for the build-up to start getting everyone in the mood for kickoff, and one that might even be worthy of playing when your teams walk out. So let's look at three tunes that might need including on your next match day playlist. Starting with the latest Liam Gallagher song, a voice that is nothing strange to football fans. This tune is the one he's performed at the Brits recently, and do you know what? For pure swagger alone, should be on matchday playlists everywhere. But we still think everything's electric is good enough for your early doors. Next up, it's Idols, the Bristolian five-piece with a great track record of hits. No doubt on Lance Cook's playlist at Bristol Rovers, as long as they aren't City fans. We love the energy behind this track, and because of that, we think it's got a place a little closer to kickoff. So Crawl is this week's build-up bang. Now for something that we think is walkout worthy. Now it's not always the new stuff that cuts it here, but recently with all the hype around the Super Bowl and the halftime performance from Dr. Dre and loads of those other hip hop legends. Plus, and this is a bit of a personal one, but at West Brom recently, we're gonna unveil new manager Steve Bruce to the crowd. Same weekend as the Super Bowl. And there's something about me that would just love to see the Baggies walk and Steve Bruce walking out to next episode. Properly walk out worthy, in my opinion. Is that just me? Well, still a tune. So there you go, uh, a few tunes to think about adding to your match day playlist. If you get on Twitter to at Sport Playlists, uh, you can see what they're up to, see the artists they're supporting right now, and you can sign up uh, via their website for free services to receive some new releases to review yourself. Back to this week's episode now, and it's myself and Alan Keegan of Man United talking to Dave Trumper of Portsmouth. Um, our half-time activities. Now, you yeah. know, in the in the polished world of the Premier League, there aren't too many fundraisers or raffles or anymore, or you know, half-time draws that they get to do up at Old Trafford anymore. We do. We've done a couple of odd bits and bobs at West Brom, but I want I want you to take us into into League One, League Two, and those and those crazy half-time activities. So we're we're um, we're still not back in our normal flow yet of the half-time. Um, activities we um so there's me there's me doing the announcing the main announcing and then there's our guy lloyd who's uh our, who's our touchline guy so he would be doing things at halftime like the like the halftime draw that we do um uh, maybe interview a player 
uh, and then maybe a, a little game or something. We used to do a, di a dizzy stick. So we had that a couple of years ago where there's a stick and, and you know, the thing where they they put their head down around the stick and they're just going round and round and round and round and round. And then they have to try and kick the ball, but they can't even see the ball because they're so dizzy and they have to try and score a goal. So that was a good one. That was nice. a good one we had. Nice. Um, hopefully, hopefully we get some of this. I think we are looking to get some of this back soon. Yeah. So there may be another halftime game back on the way because it nice it's nice to have something, isn't there? I miss it horrendously. I got, I got way too excited two months ago where we had a remote control car deliver the envelope for a name of a winner. Uh, my, it, was the mo it was the best thing we've done in years. It was fantastic. Well, we, we, it got ditched. It got ditched two games before because we had a medical emergency at halftime. Unfortunately, the guy was okay. The guy was okay for but I was gutted, but, but but relieved, but gutted at the same time. Yeah, oh. I, know, I know, absolutely. Oh, well, look, one big thing we always like talking about is the the two fifty five moment, which um, yeah. I think really for for stadium announcers is where we we come into our own. Really, where we've got that orchestrated five ten minutes, whatever that build up to the teams walking out reading the team names out, delivering that walkout tune and creating that atmosphere. So how's, yeah. it, how's it all work at Pompey? So we, um, we have a, a video that we play. Like we call it our Atmos video. And um, it's got old Pompey footage on it, uh, some, some of the older players. And, and then some of the players from other clubs uh, who have come to Fratton Park and love playing at Fratton Park. So there's a, there's a quote from Henri who says it's you know one of the best places in English football. And there's all those things. So we've got all that lovely... Um, lovely footage on the big screen, but alongside it, a nice rousing kind of soundtrack. So that's on for about a minute and a half. So, you know, maybe at five, two, six, two, uh, we'll say, right then, five and a half minutes to kick off and the players are in the tunnel. And then you get that, you get that video on and then that'll finish about maybe three minutes to or three and a half minutes to. And then the players come out. And so you're announcing the players onto the pitch. And then uh, we fire up, Portsmouth by Mike Oldfield, which is the big, uh, which is the big favourite song down here, um, and that takes us up to pretty much a minute to three, and then it's then it's just the last readout of the team lineups. Nice, nice. I mean, just making sure, obviously beforehand, that we're not doing a minute's silence or a minute's applause. We'd have chatted with the referee before that, and mm -hmm. we'd have, t t you know, we'd have chatted to the referee generally about timing. So we're going to fire this video at such and such a time, and. Is there anything you want from us? Um, but yeah, uh, and then of course in the silence moments, that you all both know about this. That's then that's a really interesting moment because you're going from the loudest bit of the match day mm. to bringing it down and adopting that different voice and reading out the message before you know. And then then the whistle goes and everyone gets back up again. It's a really interesting moment and it's the one part in the day where you can hear yourself. That is, you know, when you have those minutes of silences or applauses, mm -hmm. it's the one bit when everyone is listening and it is quiet and you can you can hear yourself around the ground and it's, you know, kind of slightly unnerving. <laughs> isn't it? It is, isn't it? Because I doubt, you know, you know, those of you know, we've all got a good a few years under the belt now, so so much of it becomes processed, doesn't it? And we know mm -hmm. we can deliver the team news and we know we can deliver all the stuff. But on those occasions there is, there's definitely a different feeling. There is certainly for me when we're building up to it throughout the day, no matter how casual or how, you know, in, in the, the routine we might be about everything else about match day. When mm. it comes to delivering, especially minute silence, all minutes applause to be fair, but minute silence especially. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I, I just get nervous like it's the first day all over again. 
Yeah, well, you, every yeah. single word has to be right, has yeah. to be pronounced correctly. And, you know, if, if it's a, you know, God, God forbid you get a person's name wrong, that could never happen. You know, if, it, if yeah. it's a particular person it's for, mm-hmm. then that is absolutely like the most important part of the day to get that absolutely spot on. So, you know, once you get past that and you're into the game, yeah. like, whew. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. As soon as the whistle goes for the end of the minute and you just, yeah, you've got that. It's, and then uh, at three o'clock I have my lunch. Uh, <laughs> take your lunch in. <laughs> do, you don't start eating during the game, do you? Because guaranteed as soon as you put like a mouthful of Scotch eggs in, someone's going to score. <laughs> Small mouthfuls. <laughs> <laughs> Or when the ball's in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> yeah, that is it's it's hard. No, you're right. We, I mean, we, there's there's quite often, you know, we we share a few snacks around where we sit in the dugout, and I'm always, you know, if someone gives me like a giant Murray mint or a you know a mint humbug. <laughs> there, there are just some things that just aren't made for stadium announcer diets no, between no. three and four forty-five. Are there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think there has been one time where I've had to take take a mint out i think i'm sure i did have to sort of take one out and i remember holding it in my hand like this really sticky sweet in my hand reading the reading the goal score out and then going back wow. in That's <laughs> yeah yeah I don't, I don't i don't i don't i never get a chance to eat during the 90 minutes do you al no not not really mate I, i'm not on the same level here when i'm listening to this you know it's um it's very 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 pure and straight so uh okay. you know it is interesting, did, though. I, I thought a thin Mike Feeling used to hand out wine gums. Yeah, well, well, both ways actually. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, and that, that legacy's continued because one of the security lads who's near us, he uh, he's kept that tradition going. You know, I think they've moved on, moved on now to Fruitellas. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, so up in the world, you know. But I think they're just easy to pass a pack rather than you know putting your grubby covid fingers in the packet you know fruitella should be coming to the to the fore now really because of all the because in, they're individually wrapped yeah 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 well they're a safe safe sweet mate they're a safe sweet but <laughs> nothing in the portsmouth league you know <laughs> <laughs> oh it's hilarious i, know, we, I love it it's, it's these little things that people you know we don't you know we can't i, I dare run off at half time into the to try and get something at half time because there's there's generally oh, no, it's not yeah I, I don't go I don't go anywhere I stay in my in my box well no but if I if I've not gotten anything and I'm absolutely starving I've risked it a couple of times where I've run down into the concourse to like grab a double decker but of course it's yeah. half time it's manic and there's always something to do yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and and also the nearest loo for a break at, during half time is up the tunnel and down towards the dressing room down towards the home team dressing room. And the, mm. the number of times I've been in there trying to be as quick as I can and you hear studs going behind you in the corridor. Because oh. we, have, we have to announce them when they come back out for the second half. Yeah, we do as well. So we call it when they come out for the second half and I'm not, I'm not going to be down there. And there's, been, there's definitely been a couple of occasions because they all huddle in the tunnel till they're all together yeah, waiting yeah. to come out. And there's definitely been a couple of times where it's like, no, don't go out, excuse me, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, let me do it, excuse me, right, yeah, let me get there. Yeah. Right, you can come out now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, not like us, but at Old Trafford where the dugouts are, I'll tell you what um, Ryan Ryan Giggs did back in the day a few times. He went to the toilet at the back of the tunnel as well, in the cent- centre tunnel, not the players' tunnel. So that's where, you know, all the fans and everybody go into as well. So the match would be going on, say, into the second half, and you think, oh, it's coming on, because you'd know he'd go to the toilet. Yeah, and uh, he did that a couple of times. Ran up the the middle tunnel, and I'm like there looking at him, and I thought, all right, 
Ryan's coming on, I'll make a note because he, he's multi blue beforehand. But he must have like one of the fans walking in and all right, Kick, see how he did you know like <laughs> You know, doing God. his business. Yeah, there's a uh, now. You see, this 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 is what this is what we come for. This is what we come for. Uh, footballers' uh, bladder habits. This is what we come for. Because um, <laughs> there was a player, I'm sure, every match. You know, someone who was benched all the time and hardly ever used to come on. I'm going to say Ricky Lambert, but I think that's wrong. Um, yeah. Fifty five minutes, like clockwork, always disappeared down the tunnel, even if he wasn't coming on. Wow, I'm sure it's Ricky Lambert. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to ask for any of your favourite no. players' uh, toilet no. routines. Don't worry. But no, no, we'll this, move on. Yeah, move on quickly. Um, so, Dave, uh, we talked about your 255 moment. Uh, we've we've talked about. I suppose now, as you're approaching the you know the magic 10 years, hmm. I suppose it's interesting to ask about you know how close you feel to that part of the furniture that essentially all stadium announcers become. Yeah, it's a funny one because. I think um, because of where we are in the ground and my role, I'm, I'm up in the gods. So I, I get there early in the day. So say it's a three o'clock kickoff. I'm generally there by one. Um, and, and I stay up in my box all, all afternoon. So I don't see the players. I don't uh, you know, see them to speak to or, or the manager or anything like that. And because it's only a match day on there, I don't really, you know, I've never really had anything to do with any of the players in my whole time there. But then again, it's not just the players at the club. It's, you know, there's other staff there. So the marketing teams and everything else like that. So in that sense, I think you feel part of it and you feel, you like to feel after such a long time that the fans get used to you as well. I know that the fans aren't coming for us, but I think they would, I'd like to think they'd notice a difference if I wasn't there. Um, but maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. But it's, a, it's, yeah, it's a difficult one to answer. I feel really close to the club. It's not my club, but I, they are my club now. So I can't, I can't pay a higher compliment to the way I feel about Portsmouth, the fact that it's become my club. Mm. You can't, well, and I think that's because of yeah, that, that you know, because you can't be there and not no. and not support yeah, the club. And, how and, could and you? How could you do that and not want the club to do well? Yeah, and 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 you're kind of you're part of the emotion of the day, whatever happens, yeah. because of what we yeah. do and what we say. Have you done yeah. both? Have you been pitch side and like up in the gods? The only pitch. So I've done pitch side a couple of times yeah. when Lloyd um, wasn't able to be there, um, and I did pitch side at Wembley Stadium um, for the for the Checker Trade final. Yeah, how was that? Um, well, that was one off the bucket list, put it that way. That yeah. was a real, you know, that, you know, even it was just like seven minutes, I think we got, but it was, it was yeah. brilliant. And, and it was the best thing about it was because you only had those seven minutes. You could sit and watch the game afterwards and have, have the day that the fans are having. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, what did you do in your seven minutes? How long did you spend sorting that out and making sure, you know, and, and working out what to do when you realised you were going to be, obviously once, once you got through the semi... We maybe had, maybe um, thought about it before the semi. Maybe like you, like me. Every time we get, you know, once the FA Cup third round comes, I start dreaming. But it's never happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> never get much further. Well, than we, that. well we had um, so the the video I mentioned to you earlier on that Atmos video that we play. We, we gave we gave that a spin because the fans love that video, um, and that got everyone going. And it's just it's just falling back into the things you do at home. 
because you know bringing a bit of Fratton Park to Wembley. So doing doing all those things that you do, um, talking about you know the route to the final. I think we did a bit of that. Uh, I think we showed a couple of the goals on the big screen. Uh, Lloyd interviewed uh, one of the old players, uh, um, you know, a, a legend. So it's amazing what you can fit into seven minutes when you put your mind to it. It might, be, it might have been nine minutes. I can't remember. It wasn't very long. But, yeah, it was absolutely planned to within an inch of its life. And it was good for that because it was really slick. Yeah. And, and you, know, as, as a, you know, as one of the – it seems like every announcer we speak to has been to Wembley, except me. Uh, what, what's what... – <laughs> What's what that whole that I'm just intrigued in that whole day and that sort of knowing that you're on you're on that pitch on that scale on that level. Yeah, it's I mean it's it sounds like I'm stating the bleeding obvious, but it's big, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's blooming big. We've got we can fit twenty thousand in Fratton Park, and on a on a busy day when that's full up, that feels that feels pretty big. But times that by four, and um, yeah, the, the scale of it is remarkable. And yeah. Yeah, just to be standing on on that pitch. It, yeah, like I said before, that's that's one off the list. That's a which that was which, a really special moment. Which, which are you more nervous about, a game at Wembley or a game against Southampton? Well, the game at Wembley, I was on screen, so that was that was that was different because they, my usual job in the box, I'm not on screen. I'm just in the box. So I suppose it would have to be. Uh, it would have to be the Wembley one because you don't want to mess it up, do you? You no. don't, want to, especially when you've only got seven minutes. You don't want to mess it up. <laughs> yeah, but it was great because uh, because I, I did I only did a couple of Saints games, but they are probably and I know I know even even with Alan here, I'd still say it's one of the it probably the fiercest derby I've ever been yeah. at. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, I've I've done one. I've done one uh, because Portsmouth and Southampton don't come across each other in the league these days. Um, but we had one cup game and uh, there's a sense as you walk in, you know, everything's stepped up, you know, security and everything is, yeah, you, you know, you know what you're in for when you walk in that day. But it passed off without any trouble. It's, just, it, you know, everyone, everyone was great, but it, there was that, as the undercurrent all the time. Yep. Yep. You know? where, where were you, where were you positioned for that game? Well, we were in our box, our old box. Oh, the old PA box. That's right next so, to the away fans, isn't it? Yeah, we were right in the away fans. So we, were, so that was in the away end. Um, under, like you were saying earlier on, underneath, underneath one of the floodlights. And um, yeah, we don't usually, we don't usually lock the door. <laughs> but they, they did, they did actually um, make sure that we were, you know, locked we in the box. <laughs> but, but there was no reason to worry because everything was fine. And we had, there were, there were police everywhere, you know, yeah. nothing was ever going to, well, you shouldn't be blasé, but it didn't look like anything was ever going to happen that day because yeah. it was just so well organised. Wow. Yeah, I do. I do. Th- those, those are some atmospheres and, and you know, I've done, I've done, I've done West Brom Wolves. No, not done a West Brom Wolves, done a West Brom Villa, mm-hmm. but yeah, not, 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 not done a, uh, what's that one like? Um, so I, I've, I've seen it at Molyneux, but again, uh, Premier League, uh, they didn't cross over enough when I was there. I've only been there for about six years, so so I missed the, some of the previous ones. You know, like I'd, I'd love to have done the five-one. Oh my mm. lord! Oh, wasn't there a um, was it Sir Alex's last match? That was five-five. Five, yeah. five, just it? missed that. That was just before my time. That would have been oh. interesting. Five-five. Yeah. Five. yeah, I wouldn't five, have minded five. that. Wow, I minded that. Um, 
So look, uh, the, 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 the final big question we always put forward is this idea about what for you makes a good stadium announcer because we've all got different elements that I suppose we take to a game but what is it for you that makes a good stadium announcer? So I think, first of all, you've got to do the basics. So the things you're paid for, get them right. So, you know, you don't want to get the subs wrong. You don't want to get the goals wrong. Subs, goals, club announcements, any of the kind of the safety stuff that we do as well. You want to get those bits right. And then once you've done that, then it's just being that friendly voice as people come into the grounds and enjoy their day at the football, you know, just, and, and also I think that, that knowledge that I took from my radio days just to make it, because we talk about it as a show, you know, we sometimes talk about it. So we start the show at two o'clock. That's when we start the, the videos and that's when we start, you know, the content really. Mm. Um, and, and I always try and approach it in that way, make it a, a slick show that you'd like to listen to as much as be at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's the radio background coming out in me. So yeah, that, that's it for me. Um, get the basics right, uh, be friendly, be chatty, and and be a fan, you know, it's, react in the way that you're, that everyone else is reacting, be part of it. Yeah, it's that, that's keep keeping it, trying to sort of be that fan, but also keeping it under yeah. absolutely, you know, because it's, it's very... Get it right, you know, get it right. Yeah. That's the thing. Try and just make sure you're getting the basics right. Yeah, too right. I, I, you know, we were saying earlier on about uh, up in the guards, down on the pitch. I, want, I, I wonder, you know, there's probably a great debate to be had on the pod with all the guests we've had so far about whether it's better to be voice of the guards mm. or pitch side. Yeah, I, you- mean, I, I I like my job because I get to announce the goals and the subs. I, I feel like... I feel like I'm there for the bigger moments. That's my personal take on it anyway. Yeah. I don't know what you think, Alan. Yeah, I mean, um, there, there was a very short window where um, at Old Trafford, I was announcing from a PA box, and if I'm honest, and it wasn't intentional, but I actually dropped a few clangers. Oh, really? Um, I got a few because the information that was coming up to me on the walkie-talkie, I couldn't see properly, and I was given the wrong information. Well, that's my excuse anyway. And so I announced it and I got a substitution wrong. So it didn't really last very long where I was up in the PA box. Obviously, you're working as a, a team or a double act, whereas mm. with me, um, I mean, I, I work closer with Woody and she does all the safety stuff, but there's nothing better for me than being at pitch side because you can see it all and you know what's going on and you can see what, I mean, obviously pre-COVID, you can see the referee or the fourth official's card you know what the subs are you're not relying on other people whereas at the moment even now i'm still relying on the on the pl floor manager to tell me the subs and you don't always get it so you're relying on the number on the board and if it's mm-hmm. two or three then you're like looking up you're looking down and yeah so for me pitch side i i i like pitch side because i feel i've got more Controls probably the wrong word, but I feel more engaged. You feel like you're more there to be able to get things right. Yeah, yeah, rather than drop a clanger or get yeah. it wrong, you know, which yeah. I'm quite capable of doing very easily. But <laughs> you know, I like to at least have had a go at not getting it wrong. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade pitch side for the world. I honestly, wouldn't. I know Matt's got a great view up in the gods, and you mm. know, to be fair, I'm, I'm jealous of Matt because he, he's, and he's very good. He's a really good DJ, and the number of times he's put just the right song on. Yeah. It's been, you know, you know, there was the fire at Molyneux a couple of weeks ago after the game. I know nobody was injured in it, but there was a fire at Molyneux, wasn't there? 
half, yeah, yeah. half time in the game last week, he put We Didn't Start the Fire on. It was brilliant. <laughs> it, really? It, and it was, you're just looking around and everyone's going, oh yeah, he's done that because of that. Yeah. It's, it was yeah. brilliant. It Did was, he get uh, away with that? Yeah, it was fine. It was, I don't, unless you really stop, because it was half time. So obviously some people are going back inside. Some yeah, people are yeah. chatting, they're yeah. catching up, they're eating, whatever, all this kind of stuff. But I just, I, I walked out because we walk out from the dugout to sort of pitch side to deliver the messages yeah. and everything. And yeah. I just stopped for a second and looked and looked at uh, Jehovah floor manager and went, he's done this because of Wolves, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And we kind of went, yeah, probably, probably. I mean, hey, could have been complete coincidence, but I thought it was genius. But apart apart from that, you know, you know, almost running show like a DJ in a nightclub, you know, where you can write, read the mood and try and play those play those tunes in. Um, there's nothing better than pitch side for not for nothing else. It's the fact that you know, I've watched Neil Warnock lose his head fifty odd times against different managing different teams against West Brom I've seen you know Mourinho yeah. down there screaming and shouting Pep doing his thing doing nothing you know all of these managers yeah. have come and gone and being yeah. in amongst that seeing stuff you know what, watching the players passing their hot water bottles amongst each other but trying to keep them hidden from everyone on the on the bench when it's cold and you know all of that it yeah. is quite yeah it's quite something being down there in amongst that because there's a little bit of an unfiltered thing and you know you've got to think the way we see football at the minute is is quite filtered yeah. when it's presented so when you're there you know in amongst the real life stuff i think it's yeah. the i think it's the best place to be yeah yeah i get that I, that's and that's one thing i don't get i guess I, I i don't get that kind of um those little moments that you're talking about there i'm kind of detached from all of that so yeah i can i can see what you mean i can see what you mean but i spoke about there you feel like you're custodian of the ground as well don't you Looking down, <laughs> or, or, orchestrate, orchestrating that you know with everybody and all of that it is a great spot. Um, Dave, thank you very much. Good to speak to you. And hey, you know, if it happens again, get down on the touchline a couple more times, mix it up a bit. Get yeah, stuck in. yeah, get stuck Brilliant. in. It's, it's great speaking to both of you. Oh, it is. Yeah. Honestly, Fratton Park is one of the best grounds you can go and watch football. Yeah. It's still, it still is. It still is. Yeah, lovely to speak to you, Dave. And it's been really interesting. Fantastic stories. And uh, when you're in the north, when you're in Manchester, come and visit us at the Theatre of Dreams. Well done, Alan. Cheers, mate. If, and if, Thanks, and if you don't want to get that far in the five and a half hour journey, because I have done that one, then, you know, West Brom's about sort of two and a <laughs> half the way. away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers boys. So thanks very much to Dave and thanks very much to Alan. As always, we'll be back soon with another announcer from a football club somewhere in the UK. In the meantime, on Twitter, we are at AnnouncersPod or on Instagram, it's We Welcome Your Teams Pod. Uh, get on there and follow us and send us any tidbits of things you hear announcers doing right across the country that you think we should be featuring on the pod. Till next time. Wrap up warm because there are still those midweek games that mean you need that extra layer and I'll see you very soon.